Welcome to the Access Church Podcast. Amen. Stand to your feet because you're going to be sitting for about 36 minutes according to that countdown clock back there. And allow me to take you through a scenario of what other people on the planet have gone through through the history of time that you yourself go through in your time. The scripture I'm going to read to you, I'm just going to read a little bit of it for explanation. But let, give, let me give you the backdrop. Humanity has not always made the best choices. And the consequence of not a good choice is you find yourselves in a place where you really don't belong. It's almost like what we say, you're in the wrong place at the wrong. Today I want to take you to a portion of scripture that talks about a shipwreck. A shipwreck that changed the course of many people's lives. Now I know Titanic will be here in the the theaters for uh, Valentine's Day. And I told my wife, babe, I love you and I'll take you if you want to go. But that's a four-hour long flick. And if I get a 32-ounce, I'll have to get up twice. So we're probably not going to go see the Titanic. Well, this is one of those kinds of stories, but now it's found in Scripture. Acts chapter 27 is where we're going to go. And we're going to start at verses 21, and we'll read a few going down this chapter. It says like this, after they had gone a long time without food, Paul stood up before them and he said, man, you should have taken my advice not to sail from Crete. Then you would have spared yourself this damage and this loss. But I urge you to keep your courage because not one of you will be lost. How many of you like it when somebody prophesies over your life and tells you, you will not be lost? Only the ship will be destroyed. 23 says, last night an angel of God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me. Let me take you to the next chapter in verse 29 and it says this, fearing that we would be dashed against the rocks, they dropped Four anchors, say the number four. 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 They drop down four anchors from the stern. Now say these words out with me. And they prayed for daylight. They didn't pray until daylight. Let's read what the scripture says. It says, and they prayed for daylight. Say that with me. And they prayed for daylight. Father, bless this word in our hearts that we would not sin against you. Bark us deep. Change our thinking. Remove the past that does not enable us to understand and to receive this truth that is liberating. Speak to us, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. You may have a seat. Every cruise liner that does uh, floats the seas and gives people entertainment 
and, and allows people to have a great time and vacation. And hopefully you're not with an angry spouse that would throw you over the side. Uh, but, 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 but every one of these liners, they, they, they have four anchors. Four anchors. Now, if you've never heard this before, go to the Google website and put on there how many anchors are on an ocean liner. And you're going to see there that some of them have one, some of them have two, but most of them have four. And the reason for the four are this, is that there's two at the bow and there's two at the stern. Why? Because anchors are used to stabilize or to slow down. Stabilize or to slow down. You know, the other day I walked into the house and I can't find my phone. And you know what? I know I'm not always super careful. And, and when I ask a question, it's because I need help. Well, I walked in the house, hey, babe, have you seen my phone? And she answers me this way, well, where did you leave it? Where's my phone? And again, well, think about it, Rube. Where were you last? You always take it into the bathroom. So I find myself sometimes asking a question, and the answer that I get, I don't want to hear. I guess I'm the only one that feels that way at times. I'm simply asking where my If I knew where my phone was, I wouldn't be asking. But I can't find the darn thing. Please help me find it. Life sometimes puts us in situations to where... If we knew the answer, we probably wouldn't be there. If we knew the outcome, we probably would have not made the series of choices that takes us to that place. Here we find a group of sailors, and they were professional sales guys. They were professional mariners. They knew what they were doing. But they found themselves taken off from another side of the island, and they should have waited and they left from there, and they start cruising, and then what happens? A storm comes. Almost always in your life, you've been involved in a storm that's been a storm in your life, God has always sent someone to help you. God has always sent someone to give you direction. God has always given you a hack, and he uses people like us to tell you, when you're in that situation, This is what you're going to do. I'm grateful for those moments. I do have people in my life that speak into my life, and they help me, and I learn to recognize that there are times that it doesn't make sense, but it will make sense at some point in time in the near future. When you, Every time you come to church, every time you access church, and you start hearing smart guys like Pastor Brian Chances are, it's not only true to help you navigate today, but you're going to need that truth soon. How many of you would agree that you've been in this room and some way, somehow, you hear a message that gives you navigation power, right, to make it through the day, to make it through the week, to make it through an illness, to make it through the situation? I want to talk about today about the four anchors of life. Somebody say the number four. Four. Four anchors. 
Remember, anchors are used to stabilize or they're used to slow it down. Using the example of Scripture, it says that they were in a ship and the ship was destined to be destroyed, but they were going to survive. But the first thing they did was they released four anchors. Say the number four. The first anchor is the anchor of faith. When you're going through life and you're navigating through life and things don't make sense, you got to do what we sang today. Remember that song that we sang this morning? Remember the lyrics that were up there? That were saying, even though I don't see. I love that line. Even though I don't see. The ship can break, but I'm not going to break. I'm going to make it. Even though I'm in a situation that I cannot see. Not being able to see is not a bad thing. Especially if you have faith. You know, sometimes I can't find my glasses and I ask the dumb question again. Like, hey, have you seen my glasses? And she'll say something like this. Talking about her. Uh, She'll say something like this. Babe, they're on your head. I mean, I hate when that happens. But sometimes they're not on my head. I don't know where I left them. And, and sometimes when I don't see, she says, when, when, when you don't see, you can't communicate with me. I don't understand you. I start talking humbambao, which is a cheeseburger in Cantonese. <laughs> I do know a little bit of Mandarin. She says, I don't understand you. It's I don't understand what you're telling me when you don't have your glasses. You know, when we can't see, let's not talk. When we can't see, let's believe. And that's called faith. Having faith in God that you're going to make it even though your ship may break. That you're not going to die is an anchor that we all need. Would you agree? I need the anchor of faith. Yes, good. Thank you for agreeing with me. Let's go to the next anchor. And that is the anchor of purpose. You will never live your life to the fullest if you don't know why in the world you're on this planet. You got to figure out your purpose. If you don't know what your purpose is, let's have a conversation. Let's get you on a road to discovering why you were made. So that what you do glorifies God Almighty. How does that sound? We got to know our purpose. When life isn't fair and we're going to get shipwrecked, let everything else fall apart. We're going to survive. The anchor of purpose is what's going to keep you in the now. It's going to keep you in the present. It keeps you level set so that you can have a place to restart and re-go. Anchor number two is the anchor of purpose. Anchor number three is the anchor of self-control. Say that with me, self-control. When everything has gone to, I was going to say hell, but that's not a good way of putting it. Although it describes it, but it's not a good way of saying it, especially in church. But when everything just goes the other way, the only thing you have control of is you. Let's let that sink in a little bit. The other day, I was traveling in my car, not at a very high velocity. Um, I was at a stop sign, 
And uh, the car in front of me decides to stop. Well, they stop suddenly, and we're standing at a light. We're kind of creeping. We're not moving fast. And I see the lights. And next thing I know, I feel my car, boom, hit the car in front of me. I followed the guy through the lights, and we got over. We got over to a parking lot that was there. And he says, let's call the cops. I says, heck, yeah, we're going to call the cops. He wanted me to pay him on the side and just forget about it. I said, no, 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 we need a police report. Let's do this. The cops come and make a long story short, I get a citation for failure to control speed. Do you know how irritated I got about that? Let me tell you why I got irritated. Because a person driving in front of me was driving somebody else's car They did not have a driver's license. They didn't know if the car had insurance. And there was three little rugrats playing in the back seat, not in a car seat. And I'm thinking, why am I getting a ticket? Because look at all the violations he's doing. You ever find yourself comparing yourself to someone else? Why? Because we give value to ourselves because we point out all the negativity in the other person. I had a choice to be under self-control, or to be very vocal and lose it with the Harlingen Police Department. I had to make a choice. I called Vanessa, and she goes, you need, you need me to come. Actually, I text her. You need me to come? I said, no, 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 babe. We got it. The car moves. There's nothing really wrong. Oh, we're just going through the police thing right now, and I definitely want to wait around to make sure I get a police report. The only thing I had control of right there was me. How many times have you gotten bad news and you really make it more than what it deserves to be made? All because you didn't control you. Can I tell you that God made you to control you? You can't control your wife. You cannot control your husband. And you'll learn very soon you can't control the teenager. You can't control the tax table that you're in. You can't control the employer that you work for. You can't even control the church you go to. The only thing you have control over is moi, is me. So the anchor of faith, the anchor of, what was the second one? Purpose. Let's start again. The anchor of faith, the anchor of purpose, the anchor of self-control. Four anchors. Let's go to number four. I want to talk about the anchor of reset. I really want to call it the anchor of prayer, but I want to talk about the result of the anchor of reset. Every time you're in the presence of God, there's an answer to your prayer. Pastor Sandra said it today. Oh, she was in my stuff. I don't think she heard the first message that I preached in Del Rio. But the girl was in my zone. And she simply said words like this. When you pray to God, God is there. Can I tell you that the worst thing that can happen is for you to convince yourself that when you're in the presence of God, you don't belong there. Did you hear what I said? 
The biggest danger in life is that when God is moving and the presence of the Lord is there and the Lord is moving and doing miracles and he's doing his thing, when God is doing this, when he is flexing, the worst thing you can do is convince yourself that you don't belong to, that you don't deserve it. Are you kidding me? You belong there. This is your creator. This is your God Almighty, the one that knows it all because he's omniscient, the one that can do it all because he's all-powerful, he's omnipotent. Oh, the guy that is everywhere at the same time, and he knows all things. When you're in that guy's presence, when you're in the presence of the King of kings and the Lord of lords, do not listen to the inner voice. Listen to the heart voice, and the heart voice says, my dad is here, and I can't wait to speak to him because he knows all things, and if anybody can help me in every situation, it's him. The anchor of reset. Let me say a couple of things about prayer. Prayer is not a coaching moment where you tell God what to do. Really? You're going to tell God how your life needs to be? God, you did it wrong. You missed it, dude. You were busy helping people in Cambodia. Me, in Eagle Pass, you kind of like, dude, you slipped. You didn't do it right. Now, some of you may say, I've never said that to God. But can I tell you that our actions speak louder than our words? How we act how we act toward each other, how we act at home. The worst thing is, is how you act when God is around. And you simply say, without saying words, you ain't doing it right. You don't get me. You don't understand me. You don't know my needs. Why in the world is this happening to me? Prayer is not you telling him and advising him and telling him, uh, giving him a, a progress report on how he's doing managing your life. Prayer is not a, 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 a moment where you don't speak to him. You know, your silence speaks louder than your words. I don't think you heard that. Your silence before the presence of God speaks louder than words. God is healing a body right now. And if anybody has authority on this part right here, it's me. Because I have lab work after lab work to tell you that God can heal somebody of diabetes. (laughs) Caleb, sit right here. God's going to do a miracle in your body today. Sit right there. You're going to feel your tummy doing this. It ain't because you want tacos. It's because God is working on your pancreas. We focus on kidneys, but it starts in the pancreas. And the Lord is going to heal you. Your numbers are going to be better progressively. 
You've tolerated it enough. You needed a big brother to show up and say, enough is enough. Prayer is not a, a session where you're just silent. No, prayer is something that you speak. It's a conversation. There's nothing you could say, nothing that you could think that would surprise God Almighty. For you to go in and say, oh, God, if you only knew what I've been going through. <laughs> what? If you only knew what I'm going through? If you show up with your arms like this, and, and you're right there with the Lord, and, and you start saying things like this, dude, you missed it. I'll, I missed that lottery win by one digit. What happened? Prayer is not that. Prayer is saying things that he understands. God doesn't understand whine. You know what whine is? Oh, why don't you do it for me, Lord? You're doing it for her. That's not fair. Can I tell you that's not a statement of faith? Can I tell you that it could almost insult God, but because he's so sure of himself, it just kind of deflects off of him. He doesn't pay attention to whine. God doesn't pay attention to, to rhetoric that is this, that is nagging and begging. Oh, you never do anything for me. You do everything for them. You know what God is doing right there? He's telling you, speak to the hand. Why? Because a hand has a hole right through it, and it paid the price for you. And he's telling you, if you want to talk like that to me, talk to my sacrifice to me like that. Because I already paid the price, honey. I already paid the price, sir. I already made it possible. See this right here? It's why you're breathing. Recognize. Another language that God doesn't understand is poor me. He doesn't understand that. Oh, God, I, uh, no one is, uh, if you don't help me, who's going to help me? That almost irritates me because you can get anywhere from right here. Did you catch that? You can get anywhere in life from right here. How do you get from here to there? Watch this. And I do mean to be a little bit sarcastic. When I'm doing this, watch me. How do you get from here to there? And there is God's purpose for your life. You know how to get from here to there? You do this. Walk with him. Talk with him. Don't reason it out. Accept what he says to you. You can get anywhere from here. Anywhere from here. Prayer is talking to God in his language. I said this the other day, a few times I've been here. Uh, by the way, thank you, Pastor Brian and Sandra, for inviting us back. Because we're friends, and we don't need to come to just preach. We can come in and just be friends and hang out. But, but I remember one time saying this, and I, I remember telling you this about my wife, and you were so impressed. I says, you know what? There's people who speak French. There's people who learn Mandarin and Cantonese. Bamba, right? Uh, there's people who know Spanish. Un taco callejero 
échale un trompo con un cilantro y el chile del monte. Right? There's people who know Spanish. Right? There's people who know English. But my wife knows dog. She knows dog. I'm going to prove it to you. I can come in and the dog is telling me something and I still don't get it. And she follows me around the house and I know it's almost supper time, but I'm on the phone. I don't get you. Vanessa walks in and the dog starts doing a certain dance and she, he, she starts saying, making a couple of noises and Vanessa will tell me, give her banana. <laughs> How do you know that? I know. Give her some banana. The dog wants banana. Give her banana. And I'm thinking, what are you freaking me out? How do you know this? It's nighttime and it's time to go to bed. And, and, and she goes to her bed and we go to our bed. And then uh, some way, somehow, she's got to go outside. And she'll tell me things like, Rube, can you take her outside? I said, I just did. No, you, she needs to go outside again. How do you know that? She's telling her, probably told me 10 times and got fed up, went to her, Vanessa speaks dog. Can I tell you right now, if we don't learn how to speak God, if we don't learn how to speak God, if we don't know the anguish of the Lord, then we are just nagging, we are just repeating, we are just whining. We are just, you know, making it more than what it is. We become God's advisor. And what is God is telling you? Speak to the sacrifice. Speak to the sacrifice. Because I don't understand you, son. I don't understand you, daughter. It's not that I won't do it. It's not that I can't do it. It's just I don't know what you're telling me. You got to speak God to God. So I've chosen two scriptures today just so we can make it simple. And I do want you to remember these two scriptures that you can pray to God. Let me go to reference them. And the first one is found. The first one is found in Luke twenty-two forty-two, And this is a prayer that God said, that Jesus said to his heavenly father, Hours before he gets crucified. This is a prayer that he made. And it says like this. Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but let your will be done. Let me give you a God language lesson. This is something God will understand every single time. Not my will but your will be done. Can you imagine when we get our heart right about that? Can you imagine when we get our thinking behind that? We don't need to open a Bible. All we need to do is speak from the heart and every day pray, Father, not my will, but let your will be done. Everything that you need and you ask for is found in the will of God. The word, the will of God actually means the scripture, the Bible, the written word. Not my will, not what I want, 
Not what I understand as to be the best thing that could ever happen in my life. It's what you say about me. It's what I want. And I want what you want. Because what you will, you make it happen. Oh, let's give the Lord a praise today. Giving you a hack for everyday living. When you're on a ship and you've done all you can, even to put down the four anchors, what are you going to do? Remember what the disciples did? They prayed until daylight. They didn't pray for daylight. They prayed until daylight. Until God manifested, they prayed. And this is a scripture. This is language that God understands because it's words that he said, not my will, but your will be done. Say that with me. Not my will, but your will be done. Let me give you another hack, okay? Uh, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 through 21 says like this. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than I could ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and Jesus Christ throughout generations forever and ever. Amen. Now, I'm going to use a bunch of words now, but then we're going to Reubenize it. And when we Reubenize it, I want you to start saying the interpretive version based on Reuben, okay? Is that okay? Allow me to do that. Here we find that God can do abundantly exceedingly above and beyond what you could ever imagine. When I was a child, I learned of a, of a great man of God. In fact, he, he'll go down in history, world history, actually, that he pastored the largest body of believers on the planet, Paul Yojin Cho in Seoul, Korea. At one time, they used to have a million people on Sundays. 20-something services that would start on Saturday night, through the night, through the day, into the next day, through the night, into the next day. I'm talking about 20-something services that would have. He was pastoring the largest church that's ever been known, that's, that's documented. And he wrote a book on praying specifically. And I remember praying for, 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 for a bike because he, one of the examples that he gave in that book, he says, if you pray for a bike, make sure you ask for the color because sometimes God won't give you what you're asking for if you don't give him enough description. So if you pray for a bike, pray for a blue bike. But guess what this kid did? I prayed for a blue bike. Guess what I got? I asked him for that. What did God do? He's not a man that he should lie, nor is he a human to change his mind. If he said he's going to do it, he will do it. That's found in, in Numbers 23 and verse 24. I asked him for a blue bike. Guess what I got? A blue bike. I asked him specifically, and he gave it to me. What I should have done was this. 
God, give me 10 blue bikes, I'll sell the nine and keep the one. Give me 10 blue ones, I'll sell them, I'll give them to your glory. I'll sow a seed into the kingdom of God. That's what I should have done back in those days. It's take prayer to how God answers prayer abundantly, exceedingly, above and beyond than what you could think or imagine. I know prayer number one is simple, right? Not my will, but your will be done. We can remember that. But I want us to remember now this scripture in in Ephesians 3.20 to saying this. Just blow me away, dude. Just blow me away. I just Reubenized the scripture, and I'm giving you permission to use it. And just tell the Lord, whatever you got to do, just blow me away. Surprise me. Anything you bring to me is going to help me. It's not going to hurt me. Why? Because everything you do perfect and everything you do is according to my design. And you, you know, have you guys ever watched Fiddler on the Roof? Anybody here watch Fiddler on the Roof? Uh, you have? Okay, so you and I have this conversation. Remember when Lactivia is on top of the roof and he's playing his, right? And he's playing his violin up there and that's where we get that musical that's found on Broadway. But he says these words to God Almighty. If poverty is a curse, may you curse me. No, he says, if prosperity is a curse, may you curse me forever. If prosperity is a curse, may you curse me forever. You know what I'm thinking? Why have I limited God? Why have I made him fit in a square? Why have I put him on a shelf? Why have I made him into a graven image that's on my dashboard? Why have I made him something I do on Sunday morning at 12 o'clock? Why have I reduced him to my little Jesus, my little God? And as we say in Spanish, mi Diosito. He doesn't swim there. He doesn't fit there. Why? Because he's a God of abundance that can do exceedingly abundantly more than you could ever ask, think, or imagine. Oh, I would be raising my hands right now and saying, Father, bless my life how you see it fit. So I've given you two prayers to pray that God understands because it's God's language. The first one is, is not my will, but your will be done. The second one is, is blow me away, dude. Just blow me away. They prayed until daylight. They didn't pray for daylight. A lot of times we pray for the answer that we think is the best. Can I tweak you? Can I rearrange some of the thought patterns in your life? Stop praying for what you ask for. Start believing what you ask for. Because the moment you believe what you ask for, then you give him permission to give it to you another way. And everything God does, he does it better. I have an app on my phone, and don't judge me. It's called the McDonald's app. And they have specials every day. I mean, do I have someone else in here that has the McDonald's app, right? One of my favorite deals of the day is this one. It says you can get a double cheeseburger or two, or you can get a six-piece nugget 
or two, or you can mix it up. You can get a double cheeseburger and nuggets for $3.99. Ooh, that's my favorite deal of the day. And I have a notification that tells me, hey, today's the day. You know what I like about my app, too, is that it gives regional specials. And in, San, in, in uh, Harlingen, down the street is a little community called San Benito. And er, there's three uh, McDonald's in San Benito. And you know what that owner does? You can have a San Benito special. It's on the app, if you're in the region, of Wednesday evening meal. You know what that San Benito special is? If you order it on the app and you pay through it with your app, which is connected to my cash app, all right? If I do that whole thing, I get a Big Mac, I get a number one deal with a large Coke and a large fry for $3.99. Yes, sir, on Wednesday nights. <laughs> Off of my app. I pay through my app. I've learned to talk McDonald's. And it benefits me. I've learned to talk McDonald's. And I get the richest blessing. My tummy's happy. And my cash app is happy. And I'm doing lunch by myself. If I'm not careful, I work through lunch and I don't eat. I need apps and reminders. Hey, babe, that's a good reason why you eat at McDonald's when you're not around. Because <laughs> I need to eat. Would you stand with me? Pray until daylight is what the scripture says. What's happening while you're praying for daylight? You're getting reset. You're getting reset. God is resetting you to now get the new upgrade, download version of an operating system that will glorify His holy. How many of you agree a little bit on what was said this morning? How many of you agree a lot with what was said this morning? Now let me talk to you that don't believe it at all. The very fact that you're in this room tells me that your body believes that God is your answer. The very fact that you're here and you stood up when the direction was given tells me that your spirit is willing. It, it wants to. It wants to participate. All we need is the soul to get in alignment. And can I tell you right now, there's no reason why you can walk out of this room without Jesus in your soul. And as we spoke about this weekend, to have Jesus in your heart. Today's a day of salvation. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. For it's destined for man to die once. The scripture is filled of your destiny wrote, route 
back to him and his purpose for your life. Today, as we bow our heads, if there's anyone here that wants to give their heart to Christ, I want you to simply raise your hand. You may say, I've already done this before. No, I'm talking about today. Today is the day of salvation. And you want to give your life to Jesus Christ. I want you to raise your hand. I'm talking to people who have messed things up, have not been consistent. And today they need the Lord of Lords to come in and help them so they can be consistent and live out their salvation. With your hands lifted, everyone repeat after me. Everyone repeat after me. Those of you who raised your hand for salvation, but everybody's going to pray with us. Heavenly Father, thank you for this moment. Thank you for not coming when I wasn't ready. I thank you that I'm still living and breathing on this earth. So I wouldn't miss this moment. I give you my heart. Everything that's in it. All the things that are good. And embarrassingly, everything that's bad. I ask you to come into my life. Make me new. Help me to repent. Enable me to overcome. Because I want to live for you the rest of my life. I praise you and I thank you. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you for joining us, and a special thanks to those who have given to support this ministry. Without you, none of this is possible. If you like this podcast, please like and subscribe and share it on social media. Thank you for listening. God bless you.